Welcome to the Rambling Podcast with Sydney Labuda. Let's spill some tea and talk some shit, am I right? <laughs> One, two, three, fuck it. Happy Thursday and hello, my silly little... My silly Monsters. little friends, my silly little ramblers, my my rambling, <laughs> my rambling rats. Um, ew, that sounds so nasty. But my name is, as always, Sydney Labuda. If it's your first time here and you've stumbled upon this podcast because of an algorithm or you've stumbled upon this podcast because you are a friend or a family member of my guest and this is your first time listening, welcome. Happy to have you here. This is Rambling Pod. Today, I have a very special, I okay, I say this every time, and it's because everyone is special, not to sound like a fucking loser, but everyone is special, but also like special to me. You know, the people that I'm having on here are important to me, obviously, or I think they bring something valuable to the table. This person truly is just so special in to me and in general. They walk in a room and there is just like, how you say a joie de vie about them. They have a light to them that just brightens a room, makes their life better. I've always told this person that they're my comfort person. So I'm really excited to introduce all of you who don't already know him to Chris Soriano. Hello everyone. First off, Sydney, thank you so much for those beautiful words. I was not expecting that. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, that was so nice, honestly, because I feel the same way about you. You were my first friend at the shed, and oh, you know, that's true. I hold that close to my heart because you know I was a new person, and it's not easy to make friends, especially like when you're a guy. You know, I feel like people aren't as friendly. Like, you know, when it's well, a girl. We're in a very female-dominated like restaurant. Yeah, that's true. But you were so nice to me, and I will forever, ever hold you close to my heart because literally like as soon as we became friends I was like wow this girl's so 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 chill so nice oh my god so thank you and I now truly consider your best friend so like look at that look at that you should feel gassed up and I feel the same way about you and I oh. always tell you that the sky's a limit and like I think you're one person that has what it takes to do anything and like the <sighs> fact that you're following your dreams is beautiful and I always tell you that because I really do think you, do. you have that potential to like really go far in life and not many people have that quality because your personality is what really like it, it you have you're one in a million and oh. I say that with like my honest like Christopher keep up to it keep doing whatever you're doing oh my god okay well thank you I was also not prepared for that like being someone that I don't know I feel like you're one of those people where it's like real recognizes real and I feel like we had that like uh, no, I think Connection. we're, and honestly, I think our personalities are so much alike. Like kindred spirits. And I'm not trying to chew our own horns, but no, like we're but so outgoing. Like we literally become friends with our tables. We do. Because we literally are just like, we, we have a connection with them. We want to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, we want like them to like We're us. into like the same things. Like yes. we like going out to dinner, you know, having nice cocktails. That, going out to dinner with you, when we, when you and I go out to dinner, right? Or like we do anything, we have just like this vibe that we know. And I don't know if it comes partly from, I guess like wanting to enjoy ourselves, but working in a restaurant, you spend Saturday morning, Sunday morning, when people are sleeping in and then they have their day off, right? And they're going out to brunch or they're going out for happy hour or they're going out for dinner. You and I, that's our work week. Yes. Like the weekend is our nine to five. Yes, seriously. So we don't get 
get that like experience. So when it does come to a time where we're going to brunch or, you know, we're going to happy hour, we do we not enjoy settle. it to the fullest. We really do. We literally start off with like a good cocktail, mm-hmm. two appetizers, sometimes three. Yep. Like a good entree and then like three desserts because we really enjoy listen i get it everybody enjoys food right but But, like i'm a foodie i don't know like my instagram (laughs) people are just like people are just like where are you now like where are you now so like if i see somewhere someone on instagram like at a cool place i don't care i'll dm them and be like where is this like i literally am not afraid to ask because who doesn't love good food no you want to know good drinks of course it's true and you do that in such like a Oh my god! It, like every time I'm not with you and I look at your Instagram story and you're like out to eat, like I always get so jealous and I message you and I'm like, where are we going next? Yeah. Because like you always post the best pictures. So do you? I try. I was looking at your city date with Danielle and I was like, wow. Oh my god! I need to do that. Like we, I for have long... you ever been there? We went to Cucina Eight and a Half. So that place was fucking great. Um, I got like the same drink all night. Danielle got an espresso martini as well. She espresso loves martini espresso martinis. The way to so go. Rob yeah. Keys in Northport. <gasps> Okay, I've never been there and I really want to We go. have to go. Rob Keys in Northport makes the best espresso martini. But they have the best rigatoni alla vodka with chicken parm. They cut it up. It's so good. And then their espresso martini. It's so, so good. So great. I love a good restaurant drunk. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, me too. Like when you're at the dinner. Yes. And like you're just having a good time vibing, no, and you're just like white clawing it. It's your third drink, and you're starting to feel good, and you're like, okay, like yes, the conversation is flowing, the food tastes amazing. You don't care how much you're spending, like good vibes. You feel warm. Like we went to Nashville. Oh, we went to Nashville, and I think we tried like every restaurant that was like you know people would recommend, Mm -hmm. and literally every like Hampton Social. We, Social we went great. to that Mexican restaurant that had three Casa, floors. Oh no, the Mexican restaurant wasn't that. The three floor restaurant was the twelve thirty club. Okay, twelve thirty club. And we went club. to like the middle floor. But every restaurant we went to in Nashville, the Mexican one. Oh my god, had the best skinny margarita. Yes. Yes, I we remember, were hooked. But I had something. It was called like the um, Casa Verdita. Was like, it like a spicy marg? No, it was like a. It was like a little, like what, little greenhouse. Oh, okay. Right? Casa Verde? Say that? Casa Verde, but it was like little. Yeah, Casa, uh, I don't even know how to say little. I don't know. I Pequeño? thought it was Ver- Verdita. Verdita? Yeah, yeah, it could be that. But <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't like a spicy margarita. It was like, it was green and it was in this little coupe glass and it was like chilled. And then Everything we had those so fajitas good. and then we found that our flights got the canceled. The chips and guaco. The queso. Remember the queso? <gasps> Such good stuff. Oh my God. It was amazing. The food in Nashville, the drinks in Nashville. It was such a good time. And like when we were going, I was excited to go regardless. Like I was hyped, but in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking like the one style of music that I really don't care for it's at country. all is country. Like I couldn't care less. So I was kind of like thinking, all right, like I wonder how that's going to affect this. It didn't. It didn't at all. Because, like, first of all, it's such a music town. And, like, there's also a lot of rock that they play. There's live music in every single window. Bar. Like, literally, you're walking down the street. All down the street. Every bar has, like, a different band playing. And it's good music. I have to say, like, I enjoyed it a lot. Oh, yeah. Because, like, think about it this way. Like, Nashville is so known as like one of the fucking like especially for i think it's got what is it like the country music capital like i it think has so to be. the usa right it or just in be. the world yeah it has Could to be. be and like to be a small band or a small group and like you're playing at a bar on fifth and broadway in nashville you're on the strip like big deal 
that's got to be a huge deal. They don't let just anyone no. sign up with a guitar. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they're fucking. They've got to be at you least. You have to have some gun, some kind of talent. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We got in in like the afternoon on the first day, and then we went the last straight. day we left pretty early because our flights got all like changed. Yeah, we were supposed to leave. I think at like. 7 a.m. No. and then we had to choose a later flight because there was a tornado yeah and it affected like all the flights going out the next day that so was crazy we figured it out you got the last six seats on spirit, spirit and sh- fucking so shout airlines. out to spirit yeah spirit airlines <laughs> say what you want they saved our asses <laughs> well, it was in a time of need they'll be there for you when we go on vacation like it works out for us as a friend group it works out for me and jared since we're both kind of on the same schedule and like working the same job we go monday to thursday or monday to friday so we're back for the weekend and it's always cheaper not that it it's ma- always cheaper it's cheaper because you're not going there the weekends yeah literally yeah. believe it or not a lot of people go away monday through thursday like mm-hmm. nashville was packed but it was yeah. also the country music awards it was the country music awards but i remember that was something we were worried about we were like damn i wonder like getting in on a monday like is it gonna be kind of like a ghost town Dad, nope. and our uber driver she was like you'll see yeah it was popping every morning every afternoon every there was night. way to every restaurant mm-hmm. no <laughs> but we really know how to have like a good fucking time and like i think what do you think of the term like bougie bougie to me like i used to be called bougie all the time yeah and it's just because like I like nice things. Listen, I'm not like, you know, when people call me bougie now, I'm like, okay, maybe I am bougie. Like, it's not, there's nothing wrong with being bougie. It's just, you like the finer things in life. And I like trying new restaurants. I like the good things. So own it. Yeah. Say thank you. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think I've been called bougie to me. Like, I always thought it was so funny because like, I grew up like not well off in any way. And like, you know, like I'm I'm a waitress, like act slash unpaid actress auditioning slash you know running my own podcast like you don't even yeah, like but i do a lot of creative you, you things. gotta start I'm not, like, a somewhere and like you don't like play yourself and like say like i'm just a waitress like no you're beginning your future and i think that's like i think nowadays social media and like society makes you feel like you're less and like people have this thing in their head where it's just like okay you see everybody from high school getting married having kids and like you feel like you're not there yet but it's just like everyone has their own timeline in life and like you are where you're supposed to be right now. You're, you know what? You're so right. And I think also, like, for whatever reason, like, being in the serving industry, like, has always had this, like, weird stigma on it. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's self-inflicted, but almost like this judgment of, like, you know, what you're doing. But to me, it's crazy because, like, there's so many people. And I'm not saying that that's what I'm doing. But there's so many people that make it their career because it's one of the most stable incomes. If you are at the right place and you're homegrown enough, not if you're doing something where it's a little more flaky, because like it can also be it could be very back and forth, and we've both experienced that. You know, I I'm 25 years old. I am supporting myself and doing all these things, and you know, like I'm in quotes just a waitress. So I feel like, and you too, like we can do all of these things and support ourselves and have these experiences because we've obviously found a really great place to work, correct? Which we're thankful for. Yes, but also like. You know, we work hard for our money and we hustle, but like for, why is it, do you think like that working in a restaurant as a server from, you know, maybe Thursday to Sunday is when you're working or Friday to Sunday or every other day during the week versus working Monday through Friday, nine to five. Like, why is there such a stigma 
against being in the restaurant industry when you are just as much, if not more sometimes, supporting yourself than that nine to five person. So for me, I think it's all about status. And I feel like people who work a nine to five aren't happy and they're putting up a front because I have many friends who work nine to five and they're not happy. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that comes with like, you're not, not that we're not, listen, I feel like it's like you said, it's like kind of similar. Our nine to five, like you said before, was Saturday and Sunday. And I feel like serving kind of gives you like more leeway of doing whatever you want. Like, listen, I'm not gonna, like, I still don't know what I want to do in life. Clearly, that's why I'm still working at a restaurant. But I feel like serving is like everything I need right now. It allows me to be flexible with my life. It allows me to go on vacation whenever I want. It allows me to do whatever I want. It's like you're kind of working for yourself in a way because you're yes. literally allowed to pick up shifts whenever you want. You're allowed to give if up shifts available. whenever you want. Yeah, no, if they're available <laughs> for real. Um, so it's in a way, it's just like, why slave away Monday through Friday? Unhappy. Unhappy. What I'm doing right now allows me to have the life that I want to live for now. Yes, I know it's not ideal, but I think it's, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, even in the summer, like serving, I feel like is everyone's backup, like teachers in the summertime. Oh yeah. What do they do? They They go to Dublin deck. They go to all these amazing summer spots where they make a lot of money so i think it there's really nothing like there's nothing wrong with it it's you know because because i've worked at like i used to work at this other restaurant i don't want to say the name because cringe but um, (laughs) a lot of the people that worked there with me would work from like four five to like nine and were teachers you know and had second jobs and would just come straight there from the office and it was it was just a second you know income yeah and it really like I know someone who worked at the restaurant with me and it helped them pay for their wedding. Cause oh, she's, fuck yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, you know, there's nothing. And I'd we've rather just be happy. Yeah, we've, we've actually, seen it a lot. Especially, we've seen a few people come in and, you know, maybe they probably don't say it in their interview because maybe course. it's not the best way to get hired. But they come in and if their wedding is that summer and they come in in September, they work for the year to make extra money to put towards the wedding. And... Then it's, they leave when they're done because they have really another job. It's a but. great second job. So, like, for anyone out there who feels like they're struggling, go to your local restaurant, try it out, like, as a second job. And yeah. if you make money and if you like it, then there's nothing wrong with that. It's a second, you know, because being rich in America, you can't have just one income. You need multiple no, sources of so income. true. So, like, don't feel embarrassed. You know, it's money that is going to help you in the future or even now. So, yeah. listen... Things will get figured out. Rome wasn't built overnight. Like, mm-hmm. you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's something I have to go by, too. Because I feel you like, do. with even with me, you know, um, last year, yeah, I took a you? leap of faith. And back in May, I applied to become a flight attendant. Because I met someone, of course, at work, at the restaurant. And they were like, have you ever thought about becoming a flight attendant? And I was like, uh, no. And she's like, well, do you like to travel? And I was like, Yes, I love traveling. She's like, well, I think you'd be great. You have the personality. And if you love to travel, then it goes hand in hand. I was like, okay, perfect. So I applied for American Airlines in May. And I completely forgot about it because, you know, summer happened. And it was like towards the end of the summer, like in August, where I was like late August, where I received an email and it said, you are, congratulations, you are invited for a virtual interview. And I was like, whoa, like I completely forgot about this. They gave me my interview. Friday, 10 a.m., and it was like a group of 15 people, and you had to be on your, you know, it was via webcam. So I did the interview. They asked me two questions, literally two questions. The questions were, what's your name, where you're from, and what's something you've checked off your bucket list? So I said taking my mom to Italy. 
Aww. Which is true, because, yeah. like, you know, not many people get the opportunity. So they're like, all right, nice. So literally, it was like 45 minutes, two questions, and they were judging you based off those two questions. So they're like, you're going to hear from us within to seven to 12 business days, and we'll let you know if you move on to the next round. The next day, I got an interview saying, congratulations, you're at the second round of interviews. We would like to uh, invite you to Dallas for our face-to-face interview. And I was like, oh my God, like this is insane. So literally within like a week later, two weeks later, they flew me out to Dallas to their headquarters to do a face-to-face. And you know, I was in this flight attendant group, um, Facebook group, and I kept looking at everybody, like they would be like, okay, so what's the advice you could give? And they're like, okay, so make sure you're friendly, make sure you know, you're making friends with everyone, you partake in every group activity because they want to see how you do with teamwork. And then restaurant business is the same way. Teamwork mm-hmm. is very big. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ace this. Like, I shouldn't, like, what's the worst thing? Like, they don't they don't like me. I get sent home, whatever. So um, we do two group activities, and then they do your um, one-on-one questions. But you're in a group setting, so it's a little bit more nerve-wracking because you have to answer these questions in front of like everybody else in your group. Mm-hmm. That's your, your interview. So yeah. they ask me my questions and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so nervous because I'm not really a good public speaker. Like I'm Which gonna- Which is crazy because like you are, but I know what you mean. When yeah, you get nervous, like when pressure's on, like you forget zone. everything, like you know, yeah. like you'll rehearse something in your head, but then when the pressure's on you, you're just like, you speak from the heart. And that's what I did. So um, it goes by rounds. So if they don't like you, they eliminate you the first round. Mm. I'm like, wow. There's like three rounds like to the interview. Yeah, it's literally like American Idol. I made it to the last round, which is where we did the seatbelt. You have to reach on the overhead bin, get the fire extinguisher, and then you have to take off your seatbelt in like 10 seconds. If you can't complete that, I guess they sent you home. Luckily, I did it. So I'm going back into the room, and there's this lady sitting outside, and she's like, hi, Chris. You can grab your belongings. Um, It's time for you to go home. I was like, okay. So I was like, I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, Chris, like, how are you? How's it going? I was like, good. She's like, I just want to ask you a few questions. And I was like, okay. She's like, we're gonna have a seat here. And she starts asking me like, you know, what what do you think you could bring to American Airlines? Um, what What's something you admire about yourself? And I was like, you know, I started speaking from the heart. And she is like, okay, well, uh, we think you have everything that we're looking for. Um, we would like to offer you the job. And I was like, oh my God, on like it was so on the spot. It was so- And isn't that a hard job to get? So like, hard. Which people Everybody, might not really expect. Exactly. People say that like a lot of people that were there, they're like, this is my third time here. This is my fourth. I'm like, oh my God. So like, I had no clue how, you know, competitive the airline industry was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I took a leap of faith and I was like, let me just try it out just because, you know, I met the one lady at the shed and she was like, apply. So I just did it not knowing what to expect. But the fact that I got it like on the first try was a big thing. I just didn't know. I was like, I was so happy. But at the same time, I was like, what's going to happen? You know, that's a huge change. It's such a huge change. So they're like, you know, you have to do a six week training in Dallas. So and then you might have to relocate depending on what base you choose. So I did the whole, you know, October 26th came really fast. That was the day I left for Dallas. I tried it and I realized it wasn't for me. But going back and thinking about it, I just don't think the timing was right. Because if I, when I think about it now, I'm like, okay, I see all my friends in flight attendant school. They're living their best lives. Like, you know, going to Europe first class, 
And I'm like, you know, that could have been me. But at the same time, I just, it just, I don't know. It was so weird. It was such a weird time in my life. Well, when you, so when you were going, like, we all obviously, like, fully supported you. And we were like, you know, all the things you said. You love to travel. You're personable. Like, and then while you were there, you know, obviously we wanted to encourage you to stick it out as long as possible. Because, like, not for nothing, but, like, you flew all the way to Dallas. Like, you were already pretty far so we were like you're already there like it's six weeks like you know stick it out and you didn't start off not feeling great it like progressed and you kept saying like i'm gonna push through i'm gonna push through i'm gonna push through and then towards the end you were like i can't do this i can't anymore. do this you were like this isn't it isn't what i thought i would be because i think it's like just a different perspective like it's different when you are on a plane for four hours traveling you know, whatever you're traveling being a somewhere you're being a passenger you have a destination you're looking forward to because like if you think about it if you didn't necessarily have that like planes would not nearly be as exciting like that adrenaline of like what you're looking forward to like you would just be stuck in this airborne airborne fucking cabin for yeah. hours like claustrophobic as fuck so that like that's why people don't want to fly frontier spirit because they almost need that luxury to Correct. like some people need it so they don't have anxiety attacks yeah, like no, people I, take xanax on planes like some course. people just don't fly at all it's a real thing like having trauma and like yeah, fear absolutely yeah. and that's valid and I, I hate when people like don't do, i don't it. have that fear at all honestly but i don't like when people downplay others because i think that's a very real thing it is um it's not like being afraid of a spider we're taught that you know they're like this is someone's first time on a plane someone's never been on a plane so like you know just try to be caring kind they need something try to be there for them you know because their your life is in their hands and i have to say like you know how we're talking about like you know our futures and like being at flight attendant school it was beautiful to see that there's people of all walks of life and of all ages mm -hmm. and 35 starting over they were a teacher they hated teaching so they needed a change mm -hmm. and people who are 60 who are retired and now their dream is to travel the world mm -hmm. it's really like eye-opening and it's such a like when I mean it was fun but it was such a experience that I'm forever grateful for because I met such wonderful people and it taught me a lot about myself too so like I'm thankful for the opportunity and what it taught me about life and myself and how it's never too late to start you know something new um I didn't know this and so one thing that you're taught within the first week is how they tell you like all the pros all the cons so the first week it was like maybe the third day we were there they started talking about like how lonely it could be. And I obviously, you know, it's lonely, but mm -hmm. like you never really think of it. They're like, you, you know, starting off, you're so excited to see these brand new cities and you're flying with flight attendants who have been going to these cities for this is like their 10th time. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing exciting from them. And they're just, you know, when you get back to the hotel, you want to go explore, but they want to go to sleep. So it becomes very lonely and you become, you know, suicidal. And the suicide rate tends to be very high within flight attendants. <gasps> and I had no clue of that. So that's awful. Yes. That's and because so... you're away from your family and your friends for so long too. Like, and okay. So also on that same note of like loneliness, the process of being your home base. You get there, you literally your first day orientation, you get there, sign in, you get your badge, and then you're, um, you have to fill out paperwork. And part of that paperwork is picking out your base. So I get there and I'm expecting a huge list of bases. And my class, we were towards the end, we were like the third last class to graduate. So we only got three bases. We got Philadelphia, 
Miami, which I love the water, but Miami's crazy expensive. And starting off as a flight attendant, you're not making any money. And then we got Maryland. So that right there, like, kind of put a damper on my mood. And then things just went, like, kind of downhill. Like, I didn't have the desire I had when I first got, you know, because I was like, okay, I'm going to have to move to one of these cities. And, like, and pay is not good. And the closest you could be to us yeah. was Philly. Philadelphia. It's just so many things that went to it that caused me to, like, not continue. Because, like, I left after a month. I was like, okay, this isn't for me. And things that made it real was once we got our base, like, they surprised us and they gave us like a little envelope and then we got our uniforms and i have to say the uniforms were so like the uniform looked so good on me i was like damn like i wanted to keep that but it was such an experience like i know how to evacuate a plane so if you guys ever need help with anything i got you you're a good person to fly with you're a great person yeah listen it's 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 so there's so much that go that goes into it and i give the flight attendants so much credit because it's not what i was expecting like i thought it was going to be easy peasy like okay you learn this that this nope there's so much it was honestly and i remember you saying like oh my god like the tests if you get below like an 90 Oh, no, below so you could only you get three questions wrong because I have no experience in this. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So like some of the wording was just like, it all seems so much alike, but mm-hmm. I guess that's where they get you because they yeah. want to make sure that you're, you're sharp. And if you think about it, it kind of should be because like that job, like like you said, you maybe thought it was going to be so easy. Like you're literally responsible in a way for the safety of human beings' lives. Like of course. however many people are on that freaking plane. Yeah, no. And like those planes all carry more than 100 people. Like there's A319 that carries 135, A320 that carries 155. That's and insane. then you have your triple sevens that carry like 285 people. That's insane. And those are the ones that go like, you know, towards like uh, Hawaii, like the big ones with the so yeah three rows they it's called the wide set wide body okay so do you think that if when you had done that they were like oh jfk is an option and you got jfk i honestly think with jfk i would have stuck i would have stuck it out and i think i would have you know been happier because like you get five days to move so you graduate on a tuesday and then you're you have to report to base no matter where where your base is at you have to be there by sunday monday morning because you have orientation so i would have been so stressed I can't even imagine. Yeah, five days to move. So find a place. Find a place. You have to find a place while you're in training. Yeah. Because you're not going to find a place in five days. There's right. so much that goes into it. So you have to find a place while you're in training on top of the stress of the homework, you know, learning drills, whatnot. And then you have to move by that day and then report to base and then start work the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's crazy. It yeah. really is so crazy. And I looked up how long it would be from my house to Philadelphia, the international airport. It was like three hours and 30 minutes. So I'm just like, yeah. That's insane. So, and then you have a report time of two hours. Oh my God. So So if you had a 6 a.m. flight, you would have had to be there at 4 a.m. Yes. Chris, that would have been the most unrealistic thing in the world. The first year, you're standby. So like they could just be like, hey, we need you. So no, you, so you have your days that you're working. Okay. And you have to report to the airport at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And then if they call you, they need you. So your standby time could be from 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And you have to wait at the airport. And if they call you, they call you. And if not, you go home. But you get paid. But still, right, it's just but like, still, that's a... insane. So shout out to all the flight yeah, attendants. Yeah, and that, I you hear people you. say like, oh, there's such a need for flight attendants right now. This is why. Yeah, and the pay so is nice terrible. So be nice to your flight yeah, attendants. Yeah, no, seriously. Be, be, don't be rude I'm on I'm telling you, plane. listen, I have such a whole new different outlook on this because flight attendants have my respect. So if you're a flight attendant and you're listening to this, 
Yeah. Shout out to you because you, you are truly doing the Lord's are work. Di- like yeah. You, it's it's not what I was expecting. I could. Nah. And I always, I remember I told you, I was like, sit, yeah. I could see you as a flight attendant because your personality. Like, yeah. And I was like, Chris, I could never do it. And you were like, no, no. Like, I could totally like, no, see you. No, it's, it's, it's not. I could never do it. I know I do good. not have what it takes. But I mean, I think like you made the best decision for yourself. And I always tell you and everyone always tells you that. I think I could see you on like, I just, I, I associate everything with like reality TV. <laughs> but like, I could see you on like million dollar listing. But like something like that real doing like high end real estate. Like, I think you could do that. I could see you also doing like high end hotel management. I could see you at like a really chic like hotel in Manhattan. Four Seasons. No, I'm kidding. I no, wish. yes, no. yes, the Four Seasons. Thanks. I could see you doing hotel management there, like or a concierge, because ha- concierges have to be well versed. They have to have good recommendations, right? Like, isn't that the job? Like, yeah, no. like not the front desk person. It's the person that you're like, oh, like I'm new to the area. Like, I need a good restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, they're yeah. like a travel liaison. Yeah, they literally like give you good recommendations around the area. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's... I could totally see you in that Thank industry you. as well. So the point is, like, obviously, you do not have to have it all figured out by any specific day, any specific year. And you know what? Like, you could find your path and do whatever you want for the next fucking. 45 years of your life and then you're like you know what i want to try flight attendant again and do it and you could do it because like it doesn't matter what age you are as long as you're staying true to yourself and following your dreams that's a beautiful thing about life is that mm-hmm. you could try one thing and if you don't like it you could try something else you don't have to be pinned down to one thing don't compare yourself also social media is not real no it's not fucking real people like, post only the good things and i think we're all guilty of that i yeah. mean you see only the good side of things and then half of these people it's just made up it's not real and i think that's one thing with our society and that's why so many people have depression you know all these issues it's because they're comparing them to things that aren't real so well i feel like i don't know i think that that story that you told and like everything you went through will resonate with so many people in so many different ways take it one step at a time like and i need to i have to tell myself that too because i know i'm a little bit of a hypocrite right now because i do that too thing will fall into place and play out the way it's supposed to what's meant for you is going to be in your way and what's not meant for you is not going to be in your way a hundred percent Amen. A fucking men. So now we're gonna do a little tease day. Ooh, let's sip some tea. So you can impart your your wisdom and your good energy on people's problems in life. I like this. I know, right? This per okay, this is interesting because you're a guy, but we'll see. This person said, Def need advice on this one. How to get over female friendships not working out. I had a pretty good girl group when I went away to college. But I started not loving nightlife and going out to the bars every night, so they pretty much dropped me. I keep having the urge to reach back out, but all of my other friends tell me it's not worth it. And now I live in a brand new town, and it's like, how do I find a bestie girl group here? As a girl, but you have like such a variety of friends, like you have a lot of girlfriends, you have a lot of guy friends. I I know girls can be catty and girls can be clicky. Like it's just the facts. But at the same time, a lot of my best friends, not people who I met at the shed, because obviously like we all met at the same time, so it's a little different. But like my like outside of that, like people who I've been friends with for now, like almost five years, right? Like some of my like best friends, like I only met them like five years ago and they weren't in my whole life forever. And I was really lost for a while with like my friends actually, because when I was in high school and middle school, like my like first friend group was great. Like we were so great. So close. So close. 
And then I had this boyfriend who kind of sucked me out of it all and really enveloped me in his world. And through that relationship, I kind of lost a lot of those core girlfriends. Like I was spending so much time like with him that first of all, a lot of my friends were boys, which I, I mean, I love guys. Hello, you're sitting right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like sometimes guys and girls get it's along a good better. Yeah, like there's girls no and girls, like what she just said, like they dropped her. Yeah, and I feel like I, guys don't really do that. No, well, like I feel like if your friends dropped you, yeah, that's your cue to move on. Yeah, and they're in their past. They're in your past for a reason. But the thing is, like, I did not want girlfriends. Like, I was like, I just, it was like I blinked and I was like oh my god like this relationship I had these rose-colored glasses on like I had core friends who were you know there all along but they whatever I needed to like I was like where like I how do I find where's my group like where's my group like I don't know like I had friends but not as many girlfriends as I would like to have like I don't know you know I'm like a girl's girl I think no I think you I think you're so easy to make friends too because you're just your personality yeah I, like you I literally you. could start a conversation and like be like wow i love your shirt and then from there it just goes you'll just have a you'll become best That's friends with the person Sam became friends we were like talking about art and then like <laughs> we knew we were, i was like this girl's gonna be my friend and we became best friends anyways so what i'm trying to say i'm not trying to just tell you my story i'm trying to say that what had happened was like you're saying personality just naturally based on the people I met, I found people that I naturally connected with and it was almost like they were supposed to be in my life all along. Like everything happens for a reason. It's all about timing. Don't go out looking for it. It'll come to you. It's almost the same thing as a significant other. Yeah. You know, like they find you when you're not looking kind of thing. My like, friends, since she moved to a new town, I would say, I mean, do something you would enjoy. Yeah, like- Go to it, like, pull, like if you enjoy working out or Pilates or ooh, go to a, a coffee idea. shop, then go there and like sit down. Yeah. And then, like, if you see some, like, a girl that, like, has a nice jacket, compliment her. And then from there, conversation starts, and you're like, yeah, I'm not from here, so, like... We have a friend, Chris and I, that we legitimately met at work. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you? He works at another restaurant on Long Island, and he literally... A good restaurant, too. A good fucking restaurant. He just used to come into our job all the time, and kind of just out of coincidence, like, me and Chris were really the only two people serving him, and... He liked our vibes. Like, we would just talk. He would come with some of his other friends. And then we went to his restaurant one we night. We became friends on Instagram. We, yeah, like, and it was the rest is history. Now, like, every time, like, we see, we, him. we see each other, it's a good time, like, going to each other's restaurants. But, like, we met literally just at work. Like, Conversation. The bar. And, like, if you have a significant other, like, that's a good crutch to have as well. Like, because obviously that's your person. Like, so that's, like, one of the more important relationships. But, I don't know, see if you guys can maybe even make, like, couple friends. Like, do yeah, a double date. Fun. Like, maybe with people you know from, like, your job or something. Like, like, whoever you are, like, people were always your friend in life because of whatever likable qualities you have. So don't feel like, oh, these friends dropped me because I didn't want to go out drinking all the time. Like, I'm not desirable as a friend. That's not an issue. That's, you know, something that they're not okay with. So there's nothing wrong with that. Clearly, it just shows they weren't your friends. If they're dropping you for that certain situation, you know, certain thing. That's That's crazy. That's so silly. You'll find the right people. You will connect naturally. Me and Chris. You know, like, we weren't looking for... We have tons of friends outside of the people we met, like, each other at work. Like, we weren't going into our job like, oh, God, I got to make friends. But we became friends. 
because of who we are like the world kind the of world the put universe it brought us together yes, true it will happen just like i think that the pilates thing was for an example that was like a really good one you if you do a class if you do something like that like you will get to talking talking to people like you will meet people and you will be like oh like we should go and grab dinner sometime like we should go grab coffee sometime. or vice versa like, they'll be like well we should yeah you know yeah like yeah. want to go shopping like stuff like that also I know like this is like this might be a stretch but there is an app called Bumble BFF and you know you can meet really cool people on there because I feel like the anxiety with dating apps like is usually because sometimes you don't know you don't know but like there's not as much of a risk factor when you're looking for a friend as someone who's gonna like take you home on a date so you know but you could always try that Bumble BFF that's very smart um but yeah Best of luck to you. This person said, I feel like every time I talk in a big group, I'm ignored or no one cares what I have to say. So when you're talking in a big group, I mean, not that I could actually this question like you're here, but read the audience because like, you know, sometimes I feel like to me, like if I felt like that, I would feel like that because I feel like the people just don't care what I have to say. Mm -hmm. So I feel like clearly they're not respecting how you feel or what you're saying. Like it might not be you and what you're saying. It's the people who are listening and responding. Like you have the wrong audience. But if these audience, if the audience is your friends, Mm -hmm. then that's a problem. Then it's worth saying something because like, listen, I talked about this on the first episode, me and my friend Danielle, we talked about how one of our biggest icks was when people interject when others are talking. If we are in a group of people and we're having a conversation and I'm speaking and I'm like telling a story or I'm doing something and then an idea comes to your head and you completely interrupt me and you discourse the conversation and take it into a different direction and like, you know, it drives me crazy. Not even just having it happen to me. I hate when I see it happen to other people, especially people who I can tell do not have like the social, I guess, ability to kind of revert the conversation back to themselves or be like oh yeah that's a good point and it drives me fucking crazy i think it's so rude i think it's so embarrassing i like i hate when people do that it really upsets me biggest pet peeve it's one of my biggest pet peeves and again really not even just for me because i'm i'm pretty okay in like social situations and like at this point if it's some of my friends like i know they might not be malicious so like i'll just be like can you not interrupt me (laughs) and then like we'll laugh about it i hate when i see it happen to other people who feel like this who feel like they are now no one cares definitely bring it to their attention yeah because you have to be true to yourself and if that's how you feel these people should know how you feel and if they respect you no seriously oh (laughs) (laughs) oh my god sam if you're listening nothing i was true to myself (laughs) you'll know what it means (laughs) so i feel like you should definitely let them know how you feel and if things don't change then there you go and if things change then clearly they what you say matters so definitely bring it to their attention you know sometimes people will do it because i've seen the alternative where people will do that and then they're like oh my god i'm so sorry and they acknowledge it right away which is obviously self-awareness yeah like it's self-awareness but some people really have none which is another problem but maybe it's something no one has pointed out to them their entire life like i i don't know if i was doing that i would have no idea because that's not something anyone's ever told me was something i did so in my head right now, that's because I assume I don't do it. Don't be confrontational yeah, about it. Watch I never how you think say that's it. the answer. Yeah, watch how you say yeah. it. Like, don't be rude. Because if you come rude. on too strong, and like, then people are going to be like, whoa. Well, like, you don't deserve to hear it, you know. Yeah, yeah. like people are going to be like, you, you don't deserve just... my attention. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, But you'll never know if you just sit on it. And then if you sit on it, it's going to fester. And one day you're going to explode. And I, for it's lack gonna make of a better so word, much worse. it's going to make things awkward. Because you're going to blow up on them and it's going to start a fight. And that's never, never the vibe. Okay, next one. Oh, oh, 
Oh, wow. All right, this one's definitely going to take you for a shock. I would say. Still feeling really sad about a breakup with a man who gave me chlamydia and cheated on me. Oof, okay. I don't want you to be sad about this. First off, love yourself. Because if you're sad about someone who gave you an infection that, you know, is you need medical care for, that's not okay. And he cheated on you? Yeah, what the fuck? And now, like, in my mind, I'm like, wait, did he cheat on you with someone get chlamydia from them and then bring it back to you like that's somehow just worse like the whole thing is bad no matter which way you spin it but i think that's worse yeah i honestly if you're hearing this know your worth like don't don't this is not okay that's you know that's low if you think all right this is what i'm gonna say to this person and i don't i don't know how this is gonna come across but i think it's just gonna register imagine this exact thing that you wrote Imagine your best friend. They come to you and they say the exact same thing. What are you saying to them? What is your reaction? Because sometimes it's that emotional trauma a little bit. It's those rose-colored glasses where like you have, there's a thousand red flags. There's a thousand reasons why it's not going to work, but you might be holding on to one thing like you have really good sex or you know they take you on nice dates or they know exactly how to manipulate you and like say the right make you feel like you're the prop like you know make you feel bad for something they've done yeah like they know the exact right thing there's one thing that makes you think like oh but i'm still a little sad about this listen to what you just wrote i'm sad about a breakup with a man who cheated on me and gave me chlamydia you deserve better you do like and there's plenty uh, of fish in the sea. We live in Long Island, New York, or like, you know. Wherever you live. Wherever you live, like, just saying, like, you'll be okay. Like, believe me. You'll be fine. It's like, not the end of the world, especially for someone to have done all that to you. And no. No, absolutely not. And like, also, I just think sometimes, like, life, in my opinion, I think that life, to some people, always feels like life or death. Like, it, everything is always so intense. So, like... This person is only knowing the same people that they know right now. You might feel sad right now because of this one person who maybe has been consistent in your life and like they're kind of in a way all you know right now in that way. But like you have no idea who you're going to meet in two months, two years. The summertime is just around the the corner. Yes, summer. Like people pop off and show up in the summer. And if you are a person who is from New York, like, Get a group of friends together. Go to the Hamptons one weekend or one day. Go to Fire Island. Like, yes. go, just go, go to the somewhere. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like summer in the city is great. Go to a rooftop bar. Like go to a beach in Brooklyn. Like do these things because you'll find someone and they're probably gonna treat you so much better. A hundred. And they're gonna show you your worth. And you're gonna be like, how silly am I for you know even allowing myself to be disrespected by someone you know gave fucked you- me over yeah. this bad. There's no better feeling. Then looking back on something and remembering how sad you were about it in a moment and feeling that like, damn, I really am so removed. I think about that with every single breakup and every single situation I've ever been in that's kind of brought me sadness. Like it's the true feeling of like moving on, I guess, from something and detachment from a negative environment. Like always remember everything's a lesson learned too. It's true. People don't change. They they really don't. Like, I think that people can be more aware sometimes. But once a cheater, always a cheater. Because then if you allow him, if you go back to him, he's going to be like, okay, I cheated on her. She came back to me. I could do it again. And 
what's gonna happen? She's gonna come back to me again. You have to realize, like, if someone sneaks behind your back in this way and now, like, whatever you found out, you go back to them, the next time they do it, they're just gonna, like, do it more carefully. But again, the last parting words I have are, again, imagine your friend came to you and said, this is what happened and this is how I'm feeling. What would you say to them? Take that advice. That's the best thing you can do. You got this. Okay, this person, I just want to acknowledge them, but we won't really be going into it. They said, who's lying, Melissa or Teresa? So this is in reference to Real Housewives of New Jersey. My inclination to what has happened so far. I think that Teresa is more likely to say things that are not true, but are true in her head. Whereas I don't think that Melissa or Melissa and Joe lie. But I do think sometimes that Melissa and Joe run in circles with their emotions and they say they want to fix things, they want to fix things. But I think that when it comes down to it, like they don't actually put in the work. Granted, Teresa has done a lot of the more vicious stuff, but I don't think, I think that all around everyone is a little stubborn, Melissa being the least stubborn. Um, but I do think that Teresa is more likely to be not telling the truth as much as I stand her, she's a queen. Next. This person said, buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. Seatbelt. Seatbelts. Fasten your seatbelts. Seat seat Make sure your seat is in the upright position. <laughs> okay. Or trays are up. And trays are up. Yeah. They said, my best friend owes me like $3,000 and has for the past six months because her car got repossessed. And then I bought our Harry Styles tickets and she hadn't made one payment towards it, but is buying lots of weed and squishmallows on the daily. Oh, she only just started paying me back two weeks ago after a long chat after I had been in a car accident and now has paid me $600 in two weeks. I feel like my kindness was taken advantage of. Like she put effort into paying me back and was gonna push me, push back paying me for as long as possible. Um, your kindness was definitely taken advantage of. The, okay, this is That's why- That's a tough situation. This is tough. It's tough to loan friends money. money. Uh, all right, I want your perspective on this, but I feel like when it comes to loaning friends money, there's two types of loaning. There is one loaning money where it's- $100. A small amount, sure. $100, I mean $100 is kind of a lot, especially like to some people. Yeah. Let's make it even a little lower. Let's make it $50, 25 30 whatever. And you know someone's just in a tough spot in their life and you're not. And you're thinking to yourself, cause like sometimes for me, like I'm like, I've been there. Like I know that feeling. I'm, it's money I don't need to see back. You know what I mean? Like in my brain, I'm not loaning it, I'm giving it to them. I'm like, take it. Even if you end up not needing it, Take it, fucking, you know, put some extra gas in your car, put it in your savings account, do what you have to do. Like, you never know. You might need to get an oil change. <laughs> um, then there's another type where it's money that's a lump, a large amount, like $3,000. $3, is a big amount. That's a huge amount of money. Even three, I, I'm I just know. saying this. $3,000. That's a lot of money. Even like, I honestly would only probably loan that money to like my mom or right. sister or like, Someone that like someone that's like know. really like my like close relative because like to a friend. And then on top of that, they're saying like, and I see them spending money. Yeah, and because for me, like, listen, like I've I've owed friends money before. Like we've all whether they foot the bill for something or you know it's from a vacation and you have to settle up like things like that. I think if you're gonna loan someone this much money. Sorry to break it to you, but you're not the, gonna be their main priority. Like, right. like you said, she's he, she is 
spending money on weed, you know, so clearly you're not their main priority. So I just feel like this is a lesson learned for anybody listening to this. If you're going to loan someone a lot of money, like just check to see how they are. Like, are they maybe set up a payment plan? No, but it's just like, like you have to see if they're responsible. Like what are their morals and what are they, you know, are they responsible when it comes down to it? Like, are they spending their actual money on like good things? Like, are they the type of people that are short on money? Cause they have a lot of bills to pay. Mm-hmm. If that's bills is understandable. But if they're like the type of people just because you're buying weed and liquor and like, you know, going out that silly. Yeah. And like, you have to kind of like, think about it this way. Like this person needs $3,000, like in your brain, like think to yourself, okay, when's the next time I know that they're going to have like money coming in that they can pay me back? Because like, if that's non-existent, like the money's not just going to appear out of thin air. No. Like, it's you know what I mean? You How are you going to get the money months, back? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So like, it either has to be money that you are really 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 okay without getting back anytime soon Mm -hmm. or it has to be someone that you know they're like oh my god like i just got in a car accident i have to pay this money today i don't have it in this exact moment over the next few weeks like i will have it and then it's like oh my god take the money give me 500 a week whatever um you have to kind of plan that out now there's animosity and that sucks because you didn't have that before nope i'm not saying you made a mistake like you were being a good friend that's nice of you for being a good person yeah. and remember good things happen to good people so yeah you're gonna get a good blessing and it's uh-huh. gonna be your good karma um okay next friend i went out with this weekend blurted out sensitive information regarding my sister's fiance When I was telling my group of friends my sister and her fiancé may be moving back to New York because of her fiancé's medical issues, my friend felt the need to blurt out to the table without a second thought that he had passed drug use when he was in his 20s. This is now the second time in the last two weeks that this friend has done something very, very distasteful in front of others, unapologetically, and I think I have to stop letting things slide because that was nobody's business for her to tell. After the transphobic comments that they made the week before, now bringing up the sensitive information about my sister's partner to our friends without asking, I'm really starting to feel the need to cut them out. I remember talking about this person's thing last week with the the like transphobic comment mm-hmm. reference. I remember reading that with Bella. Um, this person, we said this last week that you should cut this person out because they seem to be really unaware and like toxic. Have, toxic, like in that moment. I'm not saying, like, if you could go back in time, because obviously you can't, but, like, if they did something like that about a family member, essentially, like, that's going to you be your... You can't trust your, them. I no, feel like you can't your trust, trust them with is anything. gone with that person. Yeah, And I think it. you have to literally let them know, like, okay. Like, like I'm done with this you. This is not okay. What you did was, like, I love that word, distasteful is such a great word. You use that word all the time. Very distasteful. good. Distasteful. Slutatious. Slutatious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you definitely have to put them in their place. Uh-huh. and just give them a good read. Yeah, give them a good fucking read. Because honestly, at that table, and I'm not one to necessarily confront, but in that moment when they said that, I would literally have embarrassed them so fucking hard. I would have been like, um, are you happy that you just did that in front of everyone? Because no one here needed to know. Seems like a tendon seeker. A hundred percent. And yeah. I bet every other person at that table would have had your fucking back. Because if they have any common sense, hopefully this is the only person you hang out with that doesn't have a fucking clue. Um, then they would have been like, yeah, what the fuck? Like you, like Chris said, give them a good read. Tell them about themselves and fucking Read's a word out. I got off Bravo, by the way. Read? Yeah, they, don't they always yeah. use that word? Oh, yeah. Right? The, re- the reading Read, the read, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 
had a thing and it was called the reading room. Figured it'd be appropriate for this. It was. It absolutely was. <laughs> so you need to tell this person about, about themselves, themselves and then and put them in their fucking place. Put them back on, you know. Bring them down to earth a little bring bit. Bring them back. Get your yep. head out of the clouds. Yes, because that's not nice. No, and that's so fucked up. That's fair. Clearly, this person has a lot of insecurities and they're not happy with themselves. So they feel the need to, you know, bring down others and air other people's dirty laundry. And that's why, you know, they're doing what they're doing. So you should put them back in their place and let them know. Um. Okay, this is the last one. And this one, I think, has things that maybe you could kind of relate to, um, but also things that you might not understand. So this person said, sometimes as a 30 something year old, I feel like a total loser when I try to be friendly with the younger cast members in a show. I was never really a part of the in crowd and I find myself worrying about that still as an adult. You don't know how to relate to them, but at the same time, like this person wants to like, yeah, they're like, saying build like, like a friendship with them, but yeah. Or like when I was, maybe they're referencing like high school, like I was never really in the in crowd. Like I was never in the cool kids. And now I'm in my thirties and I still care about that. Like, I don't know why I do that. Did someone make you feel bad about yourself? Like you might've, I don't know, maybe you had something happen to you when you were younger. My thing is theater is like a job, right? Like yeah. I'm not, okay. No. Yeah. So. I wouldn't mix business with pleasure because I feel like, listen, I get that you're trying to fit in with them, but at the same time, keep your distance because like- Like do your, follow do your, your own path. Yeah, follow your own path. Like I'll be your friend. Me and Cindy yeah, will be your friend. Yeah. Like listen, I'll be your friend. I you come think, out to eat with us. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I think like, you know, and something that you don't necessarily know about, but like when you are in a cast of people, it is really important that everyone does have a good relationship and it's kind of, actually it's kind of like our environment at work how we're always like very cutthroat about the vibe yeah a cast has to be like that too unfortunately there's a lot of drama sometimes but there also is in the restaurant industry honestly there's drama everywhere it's very true but the drama in like the restaurant industry and theater sometimes can really be so similar which is why i think i'm good at navigating both yeah but you have to kind of go to the beat of your own drum and if you are just doing your own thing, but also being really nice to people, your energy will naturally draw people in. I'm telling you. You are That's there, true. like you said, it's a job. You are there to do a job in some way. Do that, put that first. Put what you're getting done, what you're actually there for first. Relationships and like friendships per se, put that like third, right in the middle. Just put being a good person with a good vibe and good energy. And you know, people will like Gravitate. flock to you. Yeah. Listen, if people are younger than you and you're not connecting on a certain level, it may generally like just be an age you thing. You guys have nothing in common, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with, there's but it's just like- that. Like they probably feel the same way too. Like, oh, there's all the older people like I wanna be friends with, but like, I don't really connect with them. Like that's different. I a little icebreaker. Yeah, do an icebreaker. Be like, what's a fun fact? Yeah, no, I feel like that's great ways to. Remember when Andrea used to do that? Yeah. I used Aww, to love Andrea. that. She's like, if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be? Or if you could be a color. I'm like, it's crazy what sparks it's great. Like a conversation. It really is like, just do an icebreaker. Find the people you have chemistry with. Yeah, like if you find someone that you want to become friends with, then if you feel like that person is a good person, start a conversation. And then yeah. from there, Don't let it flow natural. Hard. Yeah, let Don't it flow try natural. Too hard. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like we both kind of like do that. Yeah. We're not try hard. But that was the last one. This was so much fun. Did you like sipping your tea? Your yes. hot tea? This, the what hot is your favorite was... tea? You like golden turmeric. I like pepper, peppermint. But <gasps> golden turmeric is good for the uh, inflammation. <laughs> if you ever have like any inflammation, ginger, golden turmeric. In another life, stuff. Chris was definitely a doctor because he's a WebMD doctor for sure. Oh, hell no. Because if I look at WebMD, it's going to say I'm dying. Like, you're right. You're right. Don't Google any symptoms. <laughs> Just... 
No, Google Talk to your medical no, friends. Don't go on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll be dying tomorrow of a heart attack yeah, if you 100%. read anything on uh, WebMD. You know who always does that? Sam. 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 Sam is a Sam hysterical. queen. She literally texts me the craziest stuff. I'm like, where did you even hear that? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, did you talk to your doctor? No. Okay, so stop. So stop putting stuff in your head. <laughs> She's hilarious. Um. So, I love you. I love you too. And I know so many people love you. So, why don't you plug your Instagram so people can follow you and see Chris posts... Like we said, like food, if you content, want the good drink, places, restaurants, I got you. Message Chris, even if you don't know him, he's the friendliest. I'm person so in the friendly, world. so if you feel like you need advice on anything, yes, just good like, restaurant recommendation, I got you. So my in- Instagram is Chris C H R I S underscore Soriano S O R I A N O. It was lovely chatting with you, Sid. Oh my god, this is so much fun. Thank you for so excited, and so I can't wait to it. hear this. You know? Yes! I know I can't wait to edit it because I like listening back on good conversation. Yeah, this is good. Um, Chris and I are now going to go, as we should, we're going to go get food together. We're going to go get lunch. Yes. And we're going to have a good what fucking time. a great time. way to end this. Yes, round it out. I love you. Thank love you. Love you too. Bye, everyone. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.